Welcome to Cards Chat, the friendliest poker podcast in town from the world's number one poker community. Hey everyone, I'm your host, Robbie Straczynski, and thanks so much for joining us on episode number 66 of Cards Chat, the friendliest poker podcast in town. Today's guest is an ambassador for GG Poker and also just one of the truly great ambassadors for the game of poker itself. He is one of the friendliest, kindest people you'll find at or away from a poker table, always smiling, always willing to chat, and he's kindly giving us an hour of his time today. He's a great family man and basically a super good dude. And beyond all of that, he has the poker soul of an absolute crusher. He's got close to $3 million in live tournament earnings, including a recent win at the Bellagio Cup for $115,000, plus a ton more online. Today, we get to know Felipe Ramos a little bit better. Felipe, welcome to the Cards Chat Podcast. What's up, Robbie? How What's you doing? What's up, everyone? I'm great. I'm doing very, very, very good. Thank you so much for the invitation. Cool. Uh, absolutely do not deserve any of these uh, introduction <laughs> words. <laughs> you, you've my, earned it. You've earned yeah, it. No, I didn't. If my wife would be listening to it, she would like, oh, maybe this, maybe that. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, we'll talk about your wife, uh, the wonderful Natalie yeah. Hoff-Ramos, uh, a little bit later in the show. But it's good to speak to you. Uh, last time uh, we saw each other in person at the World Series, you got to meet my wife, uh, Miriam, so yeah. that was a lot of fun. It's good to, to see you again and uh, to have uh, our, really our first uh, in-depth conversation. So I'm pretty excited. Very nice. Well, I'm uh, at your disposal. I'll be very happy to answer your questions, the community questions. And um, I'm here. Awesome. Sounds good. All right. So um, a lot of American folks, you know, they are, you know, including myself, were with the products of the moneymaker effect. That's how we got into poker. But when you're living in Brazil, it might be a little bit different. So I'm wondering if perhaps there was a different kind of inspiration for you specifically to get into poker. Ah, uh, sure, sure, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Um I've I've heard about the moneymaker effect as well, uh, coming from Brazil, but uh, of course uh, my first touch, right when I connected first uh, with poker, uh, I saw poker on TV. So uh, there was poker on TV, and uh, sometimes you don't have access to good TV. I mean, you have access to open TV, right? So I saw poker on open TV one time and I was like, what is that? What they're doing? It was the World Poker Tour nice. that I saw first. It was on the WSOP. So <clears throat> I thought it was very interesting. I started to do some research uh, uh, over internet, quickly uh, downloaded um, poker software, started to like play, you know, just to know the rules, play money in, in general. And uh, quickly discovered a small, 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 small poker community on social media. At that time, there was like a, a, some sort of Facebook uh, uh, from Google uh, called uh, Orcute. So I don't know if you guys ever had that social network. I, I heard it was pretty popular in Brazil, popular in some other places, but not very well known worldwide. 
Orkut, O-R-K-U-T, yeah. right? Yeah, I think I've Correct. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So then we started discussing a little bit poker over the community, you know, and trying to gather people to, to play poker together, you know, to learn the game. And um, we uh, failed every time <laughs> um, to do that. But I started to learn the game and play a little bit and etc. That time, I was a very busy man. I um, not that I'm not a very busy man now. <laughs> I mean, I used to. Uh, I was in college. I, I was working in a financial institution institution in Brazil called uh, uh, Bank of America, Bank Boston, and uh, and I had a, another job as well. So I uh, and so I, I had pretty much no 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 life and no time to learn to learn something new. But there was one day uh, I was at work, and one of my bosses because I used to work like with a chain of managers. Uh-huh. So like I had like uh, fifty bosses, and one of them uh, one day invited me to play poker at his house. Oh, nice! Yeah, and I was like. Uh, I would love to, but I need to go to college and I need to go to work and tomorrow I need to be here working. So that took a while until I graduated. And then I accepted the invitation and went to his house on one of these Friday nights to to play poker with friends. Um, And then I got hooked. (laughs) Well, good good for you for for being responsible. (laughs) <laughs> doing, yeah. doing the right thing. Then I go. The, my my secondary job uh, was with music, so uh-huh. I used to to play in a band. I used to spend a lot of time in a studio, like uh, doing production, recording stuff. Uh-huh. So and then poker entered my life in that particular slot. Uh-huh. So I started to do less with that and more with poker. Aha, uh-huh. got it. But, but always on a recreational side, you know. Right. I remember I remember that when I left that Friday uh, from his house, I, I bought all the poker books I could find. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I bought all poker books I could find, like, like, like the, the, the first uh, poker books pretty much. And then I was lucky to find um, already like a Mixed Games book at first, you know, a PLO book at first. I I found Daniel Negrano's blog uh-huh. uh, on full contact poker. Right, and uh, th- that was actually funny because uh, I did an interview with uh, with Poker Go with Renko. Yeah, I told a little bit about the story, and Renko dig it down. He found the exact article I was talking about. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. In, Remco Rinkova, one of the top uh, interviewers out there. That's for sure. It's good stuff. Yeah. So that's how this how I got this how I got uh, started. This how I got the first contact. contact Very cool. With so so you're gonna need to to fill in a gap for me because I looked Perfect. at your hand in mob, and your first couple of results were in a 5k and a 10k euro EPT main event in San Remo and in Monte Carlo. So that's quite. A long ways from just playing in, in home games and you know yeah. grabbing the first book. So how did you sort of progress from beginner to you know these are the first you know at least recorded tournaments that you decided to enter and, and cash in? This is a very very good question. This is a very awesome question because um, I had no even though I started playing poker, I had no ambition in becoming a professional poker player. 
So poker for me was like a hobby. So I was doing really well in my work. I became the youngest manager in the history of the company with 21 years old. Wow. So I was making good money. So I, I, I used to, I, I was good with taking care of myself, my family, a couple of friends. And uh, I, was, I was happy. I learned something new uh, in the financial markets. I got uh, qualified for that. So I went through, through all over these uh, financial qualifications to be uh, a company advisor, mm-hmm. to, uh, to help people what can they do with their, with their cash flow, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, their company needs. And uh, so I was playing poker in a, alongside with that. And I started to gather some results. Uh-huh. So I started to... to uh, I, I come from a live background. So I started playing live poker before. I was playing online poker just to test it out, right? But play money. Right. So I started to play some poker. The poker scene in Sao Paulo, which is my hometown in Brazil, started to develop. So there was like this first ever poker club. So I was going to this poker club after work, showing up with a suit and a tie. Uh, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah. To, to, to play, stay late hours, go home, maybe shower, then go direct to work. So I was hooked. Wow. And, uh, and um, so I started playing, playing cash games at the same time. But my deal was like I started playing sitting goals. I was playing like five bucks and 10 bucks sitting goals. So a uh, single table or two tables. Okay. So when you think about five bucks, it's Brazilian money. So it's like a dollar. Right. Okay. So dollar sitting goals, two dollar sitting goals. Wow. So yeah, ridiculous. Pretty much free roll, pretty much nothing. And right. I was playing some tournaments like this, the pizza tournament, like it's Sunday. <laughs> you pay 20 bucks and you eat all you can eat pizza for free. Uh-huh. And you meet your friends and you play poker for 20 bucks. Was like, I love it. I love it. It's better than going to the movies. Yeah, you know? <laughs> exactly. So it was social. It was social for me. But then this was in uh, 2005, and I'm 38 years old. This was in 2005. And then 2006, uh, I started to look for, for some competitions. I say, okay, you know what? I'm already beating these people's ass in the, in the home game. <laughs> and, now, and now it's my turn to step up. Where, where's, where's this freaking poker tournament I can play, right? And then, I've, and then uh, alongside the Orkut community, uh, I found in uh, the BSOP, the Brazilian Series of Poker, was just, that was just getting started. It was the first season. Wow. And it's still going today. That's still like, going today. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So it's f- first season. So I started participating on that. And, uh, but the buy-ins were a thousand, right? So a thousand nowadays, you guys can relate to $200. Okay. Very heavy buying. Very sure. heavy. Okay, uh, so I started to to simply, I, I, I look at myself, I say, you know what? I'm going to separate 500 bucks as a poker bankroll. Okay. Right? Related to five to one nowadays, $100. And I'm going to start with this. 
And I'm uh, as an entertainment, as, as I'm going to the movies, as I'm going out, I'm going to lose right. this money anyway. So I'm going to invest this money in poker. I invested uh, uh, way more you know, with the books and uh, everything. And right, right in the beginning, when I went to one of these uh, poker clubs, which I thought, which I think was the only one, then a couple others came up. I met one friend of mine from childhood, from early teenager, that used to play Magic the Gathering with me. At, in front of the poker house, it was like, you play poker yourself? I say like, no, I'm just getting started. And then he was already really good. He was okay. he already had a lot of experience. So and uh, he also had no money, but I had no money with a job, with a car. You know, I was right. I was I was I was jumping. You were doing okay for yourself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was doing I was doing okay for myself. So like we had a deal. I'll take you to the club. You go giving me some poker lessons. Oh, great! Yeah, <laughs> so good deal. I'll give you a ride. And then it was awesome. Then we started talking more about strategy, etc. Then I started in 2006. I uh, final table this WSOP event in Rio. Got sixth place for 6K. While entering the event beyond uh, uh, playing a satellite. So okay. I played So I played a hundred bucks satellite with all, with this little money I was making with the... Um, Sitting goals, mm -hmm. I was playing, and this little bankroll I had uh, separated, uh, and scored a 6,000 uh, result. Went back to my hometown, Sao Paulo, played online for one of the first times. I played a satellite on uh, Poker Stars for the BSOP, won the satellites as well uh, for uh, inauguration of a poker club, played that event, also final table events, also got sixth place. And won six thousand again, um, so so I ran it up my bankroll from five hundred to like to twelve thousand right very quickly, yeah, yeah wow. very quickly right right in the beginning by transforming this little money I was making in the sitting goals, playing the satellites, and then performing in the tournaments. Was it easy? Did you feel like oh I'm the best in the world? No, no, no. But I, <laughs> def, definitely not. There's a lot of players. They were already like. Uh, experienced it and much much better than me okay but i felt like the there was no huge gap okay. i thought that, i thought it was like everyone getting started right okay so, so there was like a no player that was like wow the guy is gonna simply like uh, crush everyone i mean everybody's getting started and etc uh, etc et so i kept playing uh when i could which means after work and during the weekends and that's when, and that's when I, I I got started with online poker, so I started playing some uh, sitting goals. I used to love to play the forty-five player sitting goals. Nice. Yeah, sometimes the one eighty, but I used to play the forty-five were, were the most amazing ones for me because of my time issue. Mm -hmm. Kept 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 on playing, and when I got to two thousand and seven. I uh, there was a BSOP in São Paulo, mm -hmm. so my hometown. Normal, the tournaments would happen in the weekend only, yeah. so I could so I could play Saturday and Sunday, and uh, still have my job uh, normally. I played on that event. It's another another main event for uh, 1K. Mm -hmm. 
And I won the event. So all you I do got, is win. Okay. <laughs> I got I got lucky to win the event. And then at that time, uh some more poker organizations. So you start to get like uh no, right? A guy that won a BSOP, right? Uh, scoring some good results. Uh and earlier in 2007, I played a live WSOP main event satellite in the club that I used to go. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got heads up with uh, one of my best poker buddies at the time, like that guy I told you, and another guy that were like uh, oh, my, okay. my my best my best friends. And then we were like to each other, "How can we make to Las Vegas?" <laughs> it just you want to run it up, just keep going oh, with the flow, and, and, and we let don't it drive. freaking we don't freaking even have a passport, so we. <laughs> We we, ne- we never left this place. How, how we cannot go? And then I was like, we we came to reality, right? Uh-huh. And then we said, yeah, that's true. So let's chop this this shit. So we chopped the the main event. So we made like biggest score ever, right? Wow, five five thousand dollars each, and uh, and and kept on playing. Won the BSOP a little after didn't travel to Vegas and I had a lot of friends of mine. They were like, you need to go to Vegas. I'm going to Vegas. You have more results. You play better than me and I'm going and right. why you're not. And I say, I have a, I have a life. <laughs> it's not like this. I have a job. I have a job. But just, just can't do it. You know, I cannot ask for a vacation period at my job. They were going to kick my ass. Uh-huh. And then that's very important to me because that's how I raise my family. So I, uh, I pay my bills, right? And uh, I I didn't have a plan B because mm-hmm. if because if stuff don't don't go well for me, I I don't have anybody to to help, right. you know, to support. I was a guy providing yeah. the help, so it, it was always uh, trying to to make trying to make responsible decisions with the game. By end of two thousand seven. It's when I'm going to answer your question. Mm-hmm. I was playing a, a big event in Rio during the weekend. Hit the final table of that event. And then suddenly one guy comes to me and then he says, uh, we're part of a poker company and uh, we've been watching you and we want to talk to you. We want to sponsor you. And I was like, uh, "How does that work?" You know, because <laughs> you know very well right now how it works. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not even a poker player. Why would uh-huh. you want to like uh, sponsor me? And they, the, they were like, "Oh, you fit the profile. We love. We love what you do. Right. And uh, what you bring, etc." So, uh, the thing is, let's do a deal for this tournament. So you play this final table with our uh, brand, uh, whatever. Right. And after that, we want to discuss with you um, how to become a professional poker player because we think that that's going to be successful. Wow. So, so that idea came to me. It wasn't my idea. And these people, they were like uh, uh, Swedish, Swedish people and a Brazilian guy that they used to take care of our own game site called Best Poker. So they, they were the guys that discovered me Right. And they, they put that idea into my mind and gave me the first opportunity. I I, I brought a contract and that opportunity 
to my house uh-huh. to discuss with my dad. And then I said, Dad, look, I'm already really good at this company. Uh-huh. I have some saved side side money that uh, that we can leave for like two years. Right, just in case. Yeah. And uh, these people are offering me to travel the world and play the poker tournaments, representing their brand. Right. So I'll need more time because I'll need to travel. I'll need to play a lot online and etc. This poker thing is new. I don't know where, where this is going to take me. But uh, it seems to be a good opportunity. What do right. you think? So, wow. I brought, so I brought it home. At first, my dad was like, uh, never, right? We <laughs> it's play. a very foreign concept. Well, yeah, <laughs> exactly. What you're doing? Like, uh, you're, you're doing really well on the stuff you're doing, and you're just going to give up? I said, no, 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 it's different. I'm not giving up. I'm taking a better opportunity. But you're doing really well. How can you take to, to toss this in the, in the, in the, you know, in the, the garbage can? How? I was like uh, working in the company for six years already. And like my position with my age could, could not be higher. Right. You know, right. not be higher. It's uh, So I was on my way on becoming a director in the bank uh, real soon uh, and um, God who knows else. So, and, uh, but, but my dad understood and I, and I, and I said, okay, alongside this, I'm going to get better with my English. I'm going to try to study a lot, do some extra courses uh, on finance. If everything goes bad, I go back to the market with some international experience for better better English. I'm young. I don't think I'm going to have trouble in finding another job, even though I I lose this flow, you know, this continuous flow is heavy. So that was when I accepted that uh, best poker deal. So it was the first poker contract I signed. And in my contract was uh, all these events. So ah, okay. So my first event was a 1K event in, in Hungary. So that was the first country I ever visited outside Brazil was Hungary. Amazing. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> then then, then a short period in Vegas. And then playing the APTs. Unreal. And wow. what happened? And what happened? I was like the first ever Brazilian to cash in an EPT main event. Right. Well, those were also like I think yeah. some of the first EPTs. You know, EPT. You know, like the, the, the what season three? I think it was something like that. That's it's uh, crazy. I I actually don't know. I actually <laughs> don't know. I all I know is like people were like, uh, "Are you from Brazil?" I said, "Like, yes, yeah, I'm from Brazil. What you doing here?" Like, right. <laughs> <because it> was, <laughs> Because of like impossible, as you say, like my first big event was a 5,000 euros. Right, right. You know, main event, of course, I had no money. I, I couldn't afford to play an event like that for uh, uh, if I was not a sponsored player. Right, like, right. And I got lucky because like all these first big buyings I played, I cashed, you know. Mm-hmm. I, that's amazing because of like all the other uh, results that you had spoken about, so they just don't appear on, on the hand in mob. I guess they just weren't being tracked. You know, exactly. it's not to say, yeah, it's not to say you just, you know, woke up one day and found yourself at uh, at EPT. There's definitely a history uh, behind it. And, and that's interesting also. I, I like that, um, you know, you're very, you have a lot of candor and honesty there. It's like, 
even if it is a sponsored player, it's still not like you're swimming in money or anything. They fronted the buy-ins and that gave you the opportunity to really, you know, start building the bankroll into, you know, what, what it has become. That's a, uh, that's a pretty, pretty cool way to, to run it up and, and take advantage of the opportunity. When did your, you know, how was it after already the first result, what 24 K something like that, that you're like, Hey dad, check it out. Or like when, when did he come around to say, you know what, I, I can, you know, accept the decision a little bit more now of uh, taking a better opportunity. Well, so, so, so first, at first, while I was working in the bank, when I won the BSOP during the weekend, I remember it was a 1K buying with 90 players, right? So it's pretty small field under 100 players. And I won the event for 20K, right? So that day I came home and I said like that, 20K, this is like uh, how many months of work, right? Right, for for you, and then he was like, "You just want this in two days, <laughs> <laughs> right?" <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, I want this in two days." And he was like, "Wow!" And then he started to get interested uh, wow. in in the in the process, and I and I was already explaining to him what I was doing in um, right. as a recreational player, right? Yeah. So I was like, "Dad, I started with five hundred bucks. I would spend this five hundred bucks like in a weekend." You know, going out or going to a bar, going to a show, going to the movies. I decided to, instead of going there, I went to the poker club. Right. And uh, so I ran up this bankroll from 500. I already had like 100,000. 100, and it was like, you have 100,000 <laughs> on the side from 500 bucks. I said, right. yes. And, uh, and then he was like, well, be responsible, keep doing what you're doing. But I think you know what you're doing, right? right. I say, yeah, that I do never touch my, my salary. I do not touch right. that money. You know, I have my poker money here. So and that, and that, I have to say that's an amazing thing because like you had like you already had that discipline, as you were saying, as a provider, and you were in your early 20s. You know, most folks, you know, like you hear a lot of those stories of someone you know splashes on the scene, they win a million, and then all of a sudden you don't hear from them anymore because they don't have that ability to do bankroll management. And also those are the relatively early days of poker, you know, when it's like the boom times, all oh, the money's never gonna end, but already then you had such a great head on your shoulders. That that's a pretty cool thing. Yes. Yes and no. I'm not going to be 100% on that side because okay. I, I know I, I'm going to be honest. I, I didn't I, I want a lot of money. Right. For me, for my reality, from where I come from, uh, uh, my, our uh, neighborhoods in, in, in Brazil. That's that's true. But like, uh, I think that right in the beginning, if I had won that EPT, for instance, I don't even know how much money it was like nine hundred thousand dollars. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I think it was 800,000 euros for something like absurd. And uh, I got 13th place, right, in the tournament. Like, uh, it's like, uh, I remember exactly that day it was a Friday. Yeah. And uh, people people stopped their work in the afternoon to, right. to watch the live stream. For wow. First time, first time a Brazilian guy was on a broadcast, they were watching... Uh, what was going on with the online broadcast right. and um, it sounded like uh, like I was living in a World Cup you know like right. in a football World Cup 
and uh, it was pretty amazing. And uh, I remember that point, I made some good friends in poker. And uh, one of these good friends I had was the guy that won that event, which was uh, Jason Mercier. Yeah. So, and uh, then we started traveling together. He was actually the guy, he and uh, Sun Chartier, another Canadian, very good guy, friend of mine, that they invited me. They said, oh, in a week from now, there's a tournament in Monte Carlo. <laughs> so, <laughs> why don't you, we all share a room? Because it's very expensive over there. Of course, it was like, of course. Yeah, so to share the room with these guys in, 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 in Monaco, also cash the main event and etc. But, but if I had won all the money early, you know, I was doing well. But if I had won all, became a millionaire, let's say, from night to day or right. something like this, right. I was probably going to become a, a very big, asshole very big piece of mm. shit don't get me wrong you know because because it was too much money for me mm-hmm. i don't think i was prepared to handle all that much you know at at a, at a beginning of my career mm. so i think i got what i deserved i think i got what i uh, something that would carry me on and help build my my character help build my career on 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 going forward wow and that's that's really cool i like the perspective also it's like uh just being thankful for what was and not, you know, uh, regretting that it was. That, that, that's just a very cool, fascinating insight into your career. Um, I want to touch upon something, you know, we're all familiar uh, with the Brazilian vibe. You know, anytime anyone from Brazil makes a final table, the WSOP, you guys have like the loudest rails. You know, we could hear you all the way from Sao Paulo uh, and, from, and from Rio de Janeiro. But, you know, like you were saying, it when, when you all of a sudden appeared in Europe and they're like, you're from Brazil. It's a rare thing. I mean, now a little bit more, but like, it's just far. It's a different kind of world. It's the Southern hemisphere. And I think by the same token, as hot as the poker scene is in Brazil, you don't really have too many people even today who come from Europe, from, you know, from North America to the Brazilian tables. So can you tell us a little bit what is the vibe like at like a BSOP at in the Brazilian poker clubs? Like, are they still tuning in just like it's you know soccer to to the big stars when when you do make it? Like, what what's the scene like there? Amazing question. Uh, the the poker scene in Brazil and poker itself it's like uh, it's one of the favorite activities for for a Brazilian person. We love poker really, really, really much. You know. It's like uh, it's very popular amongst anybody, the celebrities, you know, the football players, the musicians, the people that work in a bank like me used to be a musician and people that uh, like other games. So poker is very popular. People really, really, really like poker. And the scene is developing fast. Brazil is one of the biggest marketing in poker in the world nowadays. For sure. Uh country of poker like like we are a country of football as well uh but that thing you you mentioned it comes integrated with the whole economic aspect of our country and where we're living so unfortunately we're being governed by a whole bunch of a uh, piece of shit people and politicians that do not care about our country, our people. So we're always having trouble, always having problems 
you know, to step up as as humans, as like uh, as uh, as humans, you know, because we we we're struggling. We we're struggling with the economy. We're struggling with a lot of other uh, things, such as the pandemics. Yeah. Uh, and etc. So this year the WSOP was probably one of the saddest years uh, here uh, in 2021 because people simply they could not travel and and people could not afford to play because our currency got devaluated so much towards uh, the the dollar to the dollar rate that has become so expensive to travel to the United States, you know. Mm-hmm. So our currency is in between five and six to one to a dollar. Wow. So so every time you come to WSOP, we spend like six times uh, uh, your money. So it's impossible, you yeah. know. I know, a lot, I know a lot of poker pros, right, that come to Vegas and they play a small schedule. You know, they play a small schedule. They come, uh, they they love the game, and they play a small schedule because it's tough. Right. Because it's it's economically it's very uh, complicated, right? Yeah. And uh, so, uh, as as this uh, develops, and uh, it's it's hard for us. Uh, on the other hand, as we're very passionate and very smart people, right. we we organized ourselves. Uh, to become one of the biggest uh, countries uh, in poker. So the local scene is big. The online scene is huge, right? So you, you have the Brazilians crushing online poker since day one. And now you have like more and more and more players. Every time I know of a new kid playing poker and crushing and etc. cetera. Uh, and it's from Brazil. It's amazing to see. And uh, so we learn pretty quick. And uh, quickly becoming uh, very good poker players, and and, and uh, also as or as uh, organization in poker, I must say that we always been really really well organized. So we have the Confederation of Poker in Brazil, uh, always helping out with the legislation, with uh, everything else. So we never had trouble playing poker, That's despite good. like legal troubles or anything. Exactly, right. exactly. Because Brazil is a very uh, conservative place, right? I'm married to a European woman, and I have friends all over the world. I'm the most prude in the room, always. It's it's, it's insane. Brazil is like a very religious religious country, and uh, so when you talk about gaming and uh, this kind of stuff, it's uh it's really complicated. So we're not allowed to have casinos up to date. We don't have any kind of like uh, major corporations or casinos. It, this is not allowed. Right. But but poker is allowed. Huh. You can play. You can play poker. You know there are poker rooms. Even and cash all, games, not just tournaments. Even cash games. Right. Even cash games. So that's all because of the poker confederation we have in Brazil that does an amazing job on showing people that poker is a skill game. Right. It's not a, it's not a game of chance. It's a skill game. It's a sport, a mind sport. And then uh, anyone can play. You don't even need to spend money if you don't want to. Right. And uh, so that, that throughout the years, Having have been helping a lot uh, the poker scene in Brazil, connecting with uh, 
politicians connecting with uh, important people in the tourism, in right. the government. So they all understand what we do. Well, I think we're going towards a very good uh, spot on getting the game uh, fully legalized, which is not the case nowadays. It's legal. You can play. You have no issue. But uh, it's not fully legalized, okay. right? So, so, uh, and that's that's why that's why the game is growing. That's very I, cool. That's why the game is growing. I, I think so many other countries can learn from that example because you know, what conservative or you know, liberal. You can have a particular stance towards, you know, oh, all gambling, and and I think that, you know, I, I know I know my country of Israel also has similar types of issues as well. We don't have casinos here, but we don't have poker rooms. That we have people who are fighting hard and lobbying, and you know, but that that's amazing. Yeah. Like you said, it's very well organized, and it's just also a matter of numbers. If you have a lot of people who are part of this confederation, you know, the the politicians, the leaders see, hey, this matters. This is what the people want. You know, we are the representatives. Let's give the people what they want. So, so that's that's a pretty cool thing. Um, and and I got to talk about also your personal success. Uh, you know, you look uh, at the hand and Bobby. Look, you know, the all-time leaders on the tournament money list for Brazil. And with your recent win uh, at the Bellagio Cup, 115k, you are now congratulations number two on the list. Uh, you've just passed cool. Andre Akari. Uh, so you just barely, barely, just a little ahead of him. Um, <laughs> I'm wondering, does that matter to you to be the number one all-time money in Brazil? Uh, and if so, or if not, how long do you, until you think you can catch uh, Mr. Gomez uh, for, for number one? Rob, to be really honest with you, my friend, I didn't even know. I learned this from you. Okay. You heard it I here first. <laughs> yeah. I, I learned this from you. I don't really care. Okay. You know, I don't really care. The most important thing in my life is to help people coming up to the game. Mm. As a poker ambassador, I love the game. I want people to get uh, the right thing from, from poker because you can get anything you want from poker, right? You can be a professional or you can be like a recre recreational player as I was. Um, you can travel to a poker destination and take your family, have fun. And you can uh, uh, have a part-time job. Uh, poker is a part-time job as well. So uh, playing poker for me and living this life is the most important thing for me. So as long as I can keep doing that, you know, I'll be a, I'll be a happy man. And uh, keep on doing that means I'm going to grab a couple of results. I'm going to be able to take care of myself. I'm going to be able to take care of my family. And uh, that's enough. I don't have any kind of ambition to like uh, be number one or to win this, 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 and that. I'm already blessed enough. I have I have so much more than I ever dreamed of uh, in my life. If you tell me I'll be here to have an interview with you, uh, uh, like uh, 15 years ago, I'd say, come on. <laughs> you know, I, I wouldn't believe it, you know? So that's, uh, I mean... I people that discussion happens a lot of times over my poker stream uh, on Twitch. People show up and they say like, "How much money you cashed in online?" Uh, right. They, they ask me. I say like, I don't even know. It's <laughs> it's it's serious. I don't even know because like uh, people like I played on so many sites and I become a sponsor about this company and then and then I had a I played under my real name and then I. My results were lost, then I had a nickname and whatever. And then they say, like, uh, why don't you put like the total amount of cashes? I say, like, for for what? 
Right. For who? What does it matter? Well, right. Exactly. I hmm. so I don't I don't have this ambition. I want to keep on going and uh being being a member uh of the poker community and happy helping people out. That's a very cool and I'd, I'd like to say also um a very healthy attitude to have. You know, like I, it's not to say that you're not ambitious, it's just that your ambition is not necessarily ones and zeros. You know, it's like you have a that, that's you know you're very um you crystallized exactly what it is that you're looking for. And I guess in, in a way that sort of, you know, dovetails into my next question, you know, you just played a full schedule at the WSOP plus you're still there in Las Vegas. You decided to stay longer. So mm-hmm. how, you know, not results wise only, but how did you feel sort of really jumping back after the whole pandemic into a full schedule playing the whole WSOP and also, why did you decide to stay uh, in Las Vegas for a little bit longer after that? Okay, good question. So, I spent this last two years uh, only playing online poker, right? Sure. So, playing online poker, working with my community, so creating a new training course, uh, creating some other poker tools, and um, studying the game a lot, right? Either coaching other people or even getting coached. And uh, so this period actually transformed a lot my 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 poker game. So uh, I started to I I went back to play online after long years because yeah. <laughs> I was only play I was long, only playing online because uh, during the series some special events this kind of stuff I was too much focused on the live game. Uh, I, as, as, as you know, so I, I, I was blessed enough. I, I won this prize of like, uh, cashing the most countries in one year. And, uh, so you don't have time too much time for online poker when you do that. Right. Right. And, uh, as I tell my, my people, like a man has to live with focus, focus on one thing that you do really well. That's your bread and butter. That's your rice and beans. Yeah. <laughs> and and if you do it really well on that, you never starve. Right. And you go from and you go from there. So that's that's exactly what I do. I attack the games I know I can beat. Okay. I I I I used to have a bigger, much bigger ego in the beginning. I wanted to play higher, I wanted to play all these big games, I want to be recognized as a good player. For for I mean, for what? You know, if it's not all for developing yourself and evolving as a player and as a human being. So you need to look inside. All this period, I looked inside and I, I said, I need to develop. I need to become a better player. So I used all this time to work on myself. Uh, I had uh, two amazing uh, years very successful, uh, scoring uh, nicely, uh, playing online, but most importantly, getting better with my game. So when the game when the game came back, uh, now for the WSOP, first time I had an opportunity in two plus years to play live poker. I was obviously very excited because I've never felt that prepared, and you know, in my life. I actually had become a uh, uh, very healthy uh, uh, poker player. 
so I don't have any kind of issues to play to play my games uh, under my bankroll. So I'm I'm pretty chilled and pretty uh, cool with whatever happens because I know if I stay within these lines that I think I can play and that I think I can afford, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be good, mm-hmm. you know. So and and taking taking each day at a time. So as you as you said, I played the whole uh, WSOP. No, it, it wasn't a really great WSOP for me at all. But the period before that was a very good period uh, yes. uh, in my life, <laughs> result, results-wise and also life-wise. And I decided to stay. It wasn't my idea. I'm not. I'm the second best player here in my house. You know? <laughs> the best player is still sleeping because it's early in Vegas, which is my wife, <laughs> and soon to be third because my daughter is being raised by two poker players. So you know what's going to happen, right? Amazing. She's going to beat us anytime soon. I love it. <laughs> so, so she said, "Why will you go back home, right? Because we live in Europe." And uh, why will you go back home? It's the lockdown again and et cetera. There's a bunch of tournaments. You're a cash game player. I'm a former cash game player. I play cash game all my life alongside of the tournaments. And many times I decided not to play an event to keep on playing on a cash game or to jump in a cash game. So that's that's where I built my bankroll, actually, to be, to be honest with you, by participating in these private games back in Sao Paulo, learning mixed games and learning PLO. So uh, I had early access to some high-stakes games where uh, it, wa- it wasn't very difficult to be a, a, a good player in that environment and maybe uh, score, score some good results there. So, so I got lucky to be in the right place or to start at the right moment. And then she said, uh, you had a bad WSOP? Go back to your roots. Go play your cash games. Stay. Go play your cash games. Why would you travel? You don't know what's going to happen. We can face uh, some kind of problems. And she was absolutely right. Okay. You know, after after like two days, they canceled the Europe tournaments. Right. So, Rest- yeah. Restricted some others. I'm playing my cash games here over Vegas. And then I restarted playing some poker, at some tournaments as well as they some, some good events that I like come up. Mm-hmm. Was lucky to win this last event. Uh, I I I played, um, and then it's all about her. It's like right. she was. She gave me the advice, and she was. She she made me think think clear. And uh, and and uh, and uh, so I'm back on track. So I'm back on track. Like for, I'm out of this downswing already. I like it, and I like that, that you give credit where it's due. Um, and you know, that I do have to ask you. Now I'm going to ask you some questions. You know, about family life. You know, you know, you talk about yourself and Natalie. You are, you know, also the poker power couples. There's a lot of those these late, you know, lately. You know, you you've talked about her also and about her her wisdom. It's pretty cool. Not everyone, you know, who is a professional poker player has the blessing and, and good fortune to have a spouse, have a partner who not only is supportive, but also, you know, as a player themselves, understands the lifestyle, understands the swings, understands the variance. What is that like for you to have someone who, you know, you can't just say, you know, how was your day, honey, but you could really go in depth. How does that feel to you? Well, first, first, I must say that as every place I go in life, 
but especially in poker, uh, we are very sexist. Okay, that's the truth. Okay, so normally people come up to me and say like, "Whoa, your wife plays poker as well? Do you coach her a lot?" To say like, she plays better than me. She's pretty good. You know, people normally try to put like the man above the woman. In a, in in all kinds of spots, you know, in life, it's just no, just just not the reality. We talk we talk poker here here at home at the same level every day, and uh, yeah, that's true. I play higher buys. I invest more time nowadays uh, in poker because she's a mom, you know. So there's actual physical needs that I cannot help. Of course. And some other stuff that I try to make room. I try to help so she can have her time. She can play her tournaments. She can play her cash games. By the way, I've lost half of the sessions of cash games I played. I had a terrible down swing on the WSOP. Lost a lot of money. She won 100% of her cash game sessions. 100%? Not, on, wow. not, a, not, wow. one, session, not one session that she booked a loss. Wow. It's 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 amazing. That's incredible. It, wow. She had a pretty good deep, pretty deep runs in the tournament she played as well with a small sample. So uh, of course I I have access. I I I live by by poker. So I study a lot. I bring a lot of stuff to her. We talk a lot about poker, and that's this this actually answers your question because already because in the past let's say whatever relationship I had. I would always find trouble, always find problems trying to explain what I'm doing, you know, how right. much money I spent, how much money I lost. And why it's okay, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Why it's okay. You know, as a tournament player, I'm going to probably going to cash 15% of the time. So this mm-hmm. means I'm going to be a massive loser and a massive winner if I know the actual ratio of losing. Right. And uh, so it's hard to to explain this to 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 people, and they can understand, but they can never really understand right. if you don't if you don't have the experience yourself. Right. So, so that's actually the best best situation for me, which is to have someone that understands me in uh, all, all always. That's very cool. Well, uh, at this WSOP, you know, obviously, like we said, you played a full schedule. You're very busy, but you're also an ambassador for GG Poker. They had a huge presence everywhere. You look even on the the masks they were given out as GG Poker. They were everywhere. Um, I'm curious, you know, besides, you know, playing and and just sort of representing the brand, did you have any additional sort of um, away from the felt responsibilities during the course of the World Series? And what other type of stuff did you do for them? Yeah, sure. I mean, man, I'm so invested. I love GG Poker so much because uh, GG has brought back the the, the poker dream, mm. you know, where you can like uh, where you can play online. You don't need to uh, play for higher stakes to have a shot to participate in leaderboards. Great promotion for the players, you know, uh, rakebacks and uh, actions with ambassadors like me, some of uh, other ambassadors as well. So it, it just reminds me when I started, you know, playing poker. It's just the same feeling I have when I when I when I had starting uh coming up. So I'm always very excited to develop projects together 
bring opportunities to my people, to the poker community. So yes, I uh, work a lot uh, behind the scenes um, uh, trying to represent the players because that's that's what I do. And uh, uh, I also fire the, the, the streams on Twitch. So that's also very time consuming. I am a content creator. Yep. So that's a hell of a time consuming as well. Yes. So uh, sometimes the challenge is uh, to find time and to organize really well your schedule so you can you, you can do all of that. Yeah. Right. Because some people they only like to play poker, right? That's the, the that's their passion. I love poker in all always. So if I'm creating poker content, it's the same thing as I'm playing. I'm uh-huh. very excited what I'm doing, of what I'm talking about, of what I'm building. And I feel that with GG, what we are building, it's something really, really, really good for the players. We have the best, we have the best officer, software hands down. It's very fun to play on GG. And uh, we always talk about that while playing, uh, genuinely talk about that while we are uh, playing on Twitch. And uh, people of the promotions, people of the, the games they have access to. And uh, I, I just try to help, you know, I just try to like uh, represent the best I can, the poker players, squeeze GG for like whatever we can get always uh for for the poker community and i was very happy to understand and to know that gg was partnering up with the wsop and uh we had a beautiful lounge yeah where the platinum players could like chill or if you are a club gg member you could uh uh have access to that as well right there was a party big party yeah there was amazing big party (laughs) as well where where i gladly met so many people have only seen online uh so that was very 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 good already looking forward for this next year's uh party to meet some some maybe uh many many other amazing people that couldn't make the to vegas right because of the situation Right, still very restricted. And uh, I, uh, one other thing that I love from it is that I get to play WSOP from my house. So GG is running the WSOP online as well. Right, which I think it's amazing. It brings up uh, this opportunity for anybody to play. If you can't travel, if you have a job, you know, if you go to college, if and you cannot, you you tied. You know, and you right. love poker, you can play a WSOP event and compete for a bracelet from the comfort comfort of your home. But the international ones, right? Exactly. I right. think that's that's pretty awesome. Yeah. More some I heard some of the people say that's like, oh, but you're downgrading the bracelets. Now you're awarding too many bracelets, and you're like, come on, man. Like we have seven billion people in this world, right? <laughs> if you if you talk about poker in, in Brazil or some of these big places, people will say like, "Paul, watch." They don't even know the name. They don't even know what we do. <laughs> so seriously, just because like you want to brace it back on time, you don't want people to succeed as well. You don't want people to do well, and that that's uh, actually amazing for the game. So. Yeah. I'm, uh, I was very excited. I was actually very sad that I lost right my term and I got second place in one of these events. Uh, this the, this year was devastated because I really wanted to win. 
We played the whole event over on Twitch as well, from the first to the last end. Yeah. And uh, anyways, it was a good run. <laughs> Not to dwell on the negative. Obviously, like you said, though, that uh, it was it was good for you, you know, back in August going in, you know, you had that that kind of high, you're able to kind of coast a little bit. So it was good on, on many other levels, even though the bracelet didn't come. Hopefully, uh, you know, next time around, uh, the bracelet will come your way. Um, Absolutely. I, I just have you two get, more you questions. Get oh, you, get, you get frustrated if you don't win. Yeah. But you need to understand that in poker, to win, it's it's super hard. If you oh, only yeah. get, if you're only happy when you win, you're going to be a sad person. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I just have uh, two more questions of my own before we move into the community questions. Um, you know, you kind of talked, uh, you, you already alluded to it uh, as far as you being very busy, doing a lot of stuff behind the scenes for GG in your role. You love playing poker and you also have the family life. You know, you want to be a good husband, a good father. You seem already, you know, you've already ex expressed to us that from a, a young age, you already had very good habits as far as bankroll management, as far as responsibility. And now you also have a partner who can sort of think like you as well and strategize and plan. So I, I feel like this is, a, you know, people our age, you said you're 38, I'm 40. A lot of us have been around poker and have been starting families all of a sudden. We're not just, you know, single anymore, that sort of a thing. What sure. kind of tips could you perhaps offer people who are moving to that next stage of life? You still love poker. You still want to do so much, but there's a lot to balance and a lot to juggle. How, how do you sort of optimize uh, all of that? And, and maybe you could offer some advice because uh, you seem to do it pretty darn well. Thank you. I mean, I, I, my my best advice would say like uh, just don't compare yourself to other people. You know, mm. follow follow along your own lines, and try to evolve and get better as a person and as a player because everything will happen automatically whenever you you bring that energy and then you you work with that energy into transform into a higher self into a better person into a a better player so normally people i see people like comparing themselves uh to others like uh some sort of like, oh, I studied this game so much. I've gotten better. I play better than that guy. That guy won and I lost. Or some sort of uh, commentary like that. I, you, you should not be looking outside first. You should be looking inside. And um, and that, that that being said, when you, when you start your poker journey, just don't look at the clock. You know, just don't look at the clock because you never know when you're going to get your big score, if you're going to get a big score. And all of that cannot be like a stopper, you know, cannot be. If that doesn't happen, you still can have a very successful journey. Like a very successful journey of meeting other amazing people, traveling and knowing new and nicer nice places like uh developing yourself alongside uh this journey and uh meeting things that you you never thought about and having to deal with with those troubles with those problems that's that's actually the beauty of it right because 
I, I I've been I've been through that, and in the middle of the process, I almost got lost, you know, and I, I almost got lost because I was shifting my priorities. I was like, uh, what am I doing here? You know, I don't need that. You know, I already have this, and I'm going this way. So I, I would say that first, if you really like the game, if you really she's awake now. Luna, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you if you really love the game, you know, use that passion you have for the game to learn the game, get better at the game, and enjoy what you do. Love it. Again, it just speaks to a, a very healthy outlook. Uh, not just on the game, but, uh, you know, on life in general as well. Um, last question for me before we move into the community questions, Felipe. Uh, during the main event, uh, you and Natalie had quite the interesting prop bet. Uh, whoever lasted longer in the main event gets control over all of the movie and TV selections until the WSOP main event next year. So lucky for you, because Natalie won. Lucky for you, it's not a whole year. It's just six months until until yeah. next summer's WSOP. So I have to ask you, uh, how was the new Sex in the City reboot? <laughs> <laughs> She's been trying to watch the series with me. I said, <laughs> "I choose. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna see that." <laughs> she she just mentioned this to me again yesterday. <laughs> Gotta okay? rub it in, yeah. <laughs> again yesterday, I said, "No, we're not watching that." I put her to to watch a chess stream with me, and she was and she was like sleeping, and she just shouted, "No!" She just shouted, "No!" I mean. Unfortunately, she busted day three just before the dinner break. Be cooler. I bust day three just after the dinner break. Be cooler as well. I beat her because I lasted longer. But maybe I last longer for 10, 20 hints. Uh, a, a level maximum. Uh-huh. You know? So, but 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 within the rules. Within the rules, I'm the winner, okay. right? <laughs> so she's got she's got to watch all the series I pick, and she's not she's not very happy with that because that that's the reason we 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 had this bet uh-huh. because we're very different. So right. normally, when we want to spend when we want to spend some time together, we never can catch something that she likes and I like. Uh-huh. Okay. So it's very hard to find something in the middle. You know, when when you when you get to like to in front of the television, you have all the apps in the world. I, yeah. I sign up everything. I um uh, I subscribe to everything. So yeah. and and you spend like one hour trying yes. to find something to watch. Yeah. Like it's it's annoying. That's why that's why we got to that and say, you know what? How are you gonna decide we're gonna have a bet? And we're going to decide because money, I cannot bet money with my wife. She already, have, she already has half of everything. Right, of so, course. Of course. So, and plus, I don't even own half of anything. I only own 25% because I have my daughter. So if she takes half, she, she takes the other half. <laughs> and uh, so it, it has to be something that's really painful. And that's right. painful because she's <laughs> she's really upset about it. Okay, well, if I, if I like this, I've been married almost 20 years, I would suggest a chop and you just watch Poker Go together all the time because that way you'll always like, you'll both, yeah. you'll both enjoy that a little bit. 
she I like to watch poker. I love to watch poker. I think she likes more even more than me to to watch to to watch poker. Well, normally when yeah, but normally whenever I'm not playing, I try to do something else. I have oh, my life okay. lobby. <laughs> okay. I try to <laughs> I I, yeah, I try to like uh, shut it off from 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 poker a little bit from from time to time. It's okay. hard because yeah. we like it too. Yep. But but I try. Gotcha. All right. Well, let's move on to the uh, final segment of our show uh, where we turn to everyone out there, you guys in the Cards Chat community, to see what questions you wanted to ask our guests. We do have a dedicated thread on the Cards Chat forums for this. So as we announce who our future guests will be, please be sure to send in your questions. The first question belongs to Antonis32123. Thank you very much, Antonis. Um, Felipe, Antonis wants to know, do you do you recover easily after bad beats and hands where you experience bad luck? Uh, I think that uh, because of my personality, the way I develop my poker mentality, I, do, I deal pretty well uh, with that. But it hasn't always been like this, right? It's, it's, it's a process. I remember getting real upset in my early days when I would be knocked out of a big tournament or take a beat. I was the kind of person that I wanted everybody to know I took a beat, how good I play, that I only busted because of that, you know? So I, I'm pretty sure that many people can relate to what I'm saying, you know? Yep. <laughs> many people can relate to what I'm saying. So when you take ownership and you understand what the game, how the game works, right? That, that, that simply doesn't matter because you need to study a lot of the game when you win. Right. right? When you when you're still winning to see if you if you if you got the right value amount, you know, and if you can uh, uh develop better your game. So I I now nowadays it seems like uh when people look at me, they see the opposite of they 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 used to see, right? It's not that I don't care, I care. You know, like I talk, like I talk to my wife that she, she's more easy, right? I try to make her care more about the situation to take ownership of the situation, right? Because I'm a very competitive guy. I don't like to bust, right? I get upset when I bust, but I understand why I bust and that how that happens. It's very important on going, on going forward. So I don't get upset anymore. I make fun of it sometimes, you know, and uh, I take I, I don't take it too seriously. And I try to look at the big picture. That's my advice when I give to people. Look at the big picture. You know, people say like, wow, you just had a terrible Sunday session. You lost like $30,000. I, I counted how many buyings you registered over your stream. You're 30K down. How are you going to sleep? You say like, like a baby right <laughs> because this was one session towards my uh my year uh playing poker here so i don't keep those small results in the short term tracking short term results that do, that don't matter you know so uh they, this will play a part in 6 months this will play a better part when i check out my results in the 12 month uh period so I will bad beat a lot of people as well because that's how poker works. 
Right, right. And so just don't take it too seriously. I like it. Good, good, good answer there. Um, we've got another one here from Pirate Glenn. That's a name uh, we haven't seen before. Thank you very much, Pirate Glenn, for sending in questions for, for Felipe. I like this one. Um, can you tell us, Felipe, uh, Pirate Glenn wants to know, about your work outside of what we know to be your poker successes? Are you involved at all in any other ventures like business or charity or any volunteer work or, or anything like that that you do? Oh, yes. Well, I don't really like to talk about that very much or because like when you do this kind of stuff, you actually don't need to be speaking about it. You know, just need to do it and, and uh, help. And, uh, but one cool thing that we do since day one is that everything I make over uh, our poker streams it's it's not that I donate ten percent or twenty percent. I donate hundred percent of everything we make. Wow! Exactly. So I never made one cent of everything I made online uh, with Twitch. Uh, we donate hundred percent of that of that money we collect. Uh, that sometimes some months are thousands and thousands of dollars. Yeah. And uh, helping causes. We think like uh, my favorite causes to help are children. So I like to help a lot with uh, education, with uh, necessities, you know, family necessities, uh, etc. Recently, with uh, remedies as well, with some other stuff that people uh, need. But I also like to help my fellow poker players, my poker community. So we do a bunch of giveaways. We give away like, obrigado uh, meu amor. So we give we give away um, uh, opportunities for people to play, either bankrolls, either tournament tickets, either computers and cameras and mouses and uh, any anything people need to 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 play or uh to start off their own streams and uh, etc so that's my my favorite project nowadays to use the poker community and what i gather from the poker community and not take advantage of that and give everything back so um this is growing this is getting better and better and better. And people ask me, oh, as this grows, as you make more money with this and blah, 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 is this going to change? This will never change. So if we're making like uh, 100,000 a month to firing up the strings, we're going to keep, we're going to donate millions. Love it. That's and, amazing. Uh, and uh, so that's my favorite project nowadays. And I, I hope to keep going with that. I know I have the support of the poker community. So thank you, everyone that show up to my channel, send a donation, subscribe to the channel, and etc. They know that nothing of that goes toward my pocket and goes to, to help others. And uh, there's one thing we do. That's the best thing we do, I guess. It was one idea I had one day. I'm going to keep it short. I know uh, I'm talking too much already about no, it. But, but I really love this. So once a month, we show up on stream and people know that that's the day. So they click on a link and they get to tell their story to be helped. So they so they type in their story. They say like, oh, hey, I had a very, very bad pandemic. So I lost my job. 
I don't have money for for food. I don't have money for gas, or I need to pay my children education that is late for three months, or if I don't pay my rent, they're going to kick me out. Whatever we have, we don't judge the cause, right? There's some people right. that are sick. They're 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 in the same level for me as if you need a computer to play right. poker. Right. I don't judge any kind of cause. So for me, it all comes to me comes on the same level. So, and then we pick up the, the monthly money we made, and then we elect a couple of uh, people and to be helped. So we, we've been doing this uh, for two years plus. That's incredible. Uh, now, and I'm very excited to fire back the streams and uh, get, get, get back going because, of course, the live grind takes you away from the online as we're as, okay. as we we're talking before, okay. but this will, but this will never stop. That's so cool. Well, you know, you might not talk about it a lot, but I'm really thrilled that Pirate Glenn asked that question because that's really, really cool. Uh, you know, more power to you, and I do hope that uh, you know everyone wins. You know, when Felipe streams, obviously everyone wins, and then hopefully you experience a lot of success yeah. and growth. We give away, we give away, we show up on stream, we give away, we we sign up. You know that we have the staking tool on GG, right? Sure. sure. And that staking tool is amazing. Because like some the people show up on my screen, they say like, Felipe, can you, I only have, it's, it's funny. I say, I only have 25 cents in my account. <laughs> can you please play a tournament where I can buy 25 cents of share? So I'm going to be here watching the stream and cheering for you and et cetera. And we've done it so many times. It's amazing. You know, I open like a $50 tournament to play. I sell 75% of it. You know, I don't need. We don't need to to get into that. Yeah. But but I don't need to sell 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 anything. But I sell to for them to play along with me. Right. Right. That's great. Everyone everyone then, has a, a rooting interest. Yeah, and then we, we won this fifty buck event GG series. We got first place, and now we boom. Amazing. Everybody, everybody cash like this tournament here, uh, the Bellagio that we won now the ten k. We put up 16% over pocket fives. Okay. And and uh, I don't know how many people, I think over 25 people had a piece as well Huge. Uh, of this event. And uh, I don't try to take advantage of my pocket communities the other way around. So I'm always selling at no markup so people can come and, and play with me and, and, and cheer and have fun. So... In the end, it becomes a very good investment as well. That's fantastic. Amazing, amazing stuff. Uh, one more from uh, Pirate Glenn before we move on to the next uh, question asker. Pirate Glenn wants to know, uh, Felipe, what else do you like to do? I mean, <laughs> it's funny because he says, outside of poker in your spare time. I imagine you don't have much spare time, but in the spare time you do have, is there anything else that you like to do, any sort of hobbies you have? Well, my hobby number one is to play with my daughter nowadays. Uh, so that's hobby number one. Like uh, yesterday, for instance, I was calculating my time where I would have my free time so I can go to the pool and play with her. She loves water. And uh, so I could have some spare time with my wife. Yesterday, I had a blast. I had a very good uh, day off with my wife. We went to see a, a sh magic show. We went dinner and this kind of stuff. So that's my my favorite time is whenever I'm with my girls. And uh, other than that, 
I don't have much time for this for for this anymore. But I like to play my guitar. Yeah. You know, I like to play my guitar. I like to gather with uh, friends. I'm not I'm not the type of guy that is trying to get better or invest too much time in other things. Uh, because that thing is uh, for me, it's only related to poker. So I've entered, let's say, I've entered chess recently, trying to get better, and I did, but I don't have the time to become a chess grandmaster whatsoever, and uh, not even the talent. I could never go near whatever that means. But but I love uh uh the strategy in the game so i like to learn so i i uh, i'm trying to learn more so i'm spending a lot of time uh taking courses doing one on one classes with uh, chess grandmasters i've been trying to learn a lot as well that's been helping my poker game right it's been helping a lot my poker game too a lot of uh, transferable skills yeah, I, I I really love the esports scene. I love a lot of games. I recently was playing Hearthstone uh, as well. I became a legend player on Hearthstone, which is not very easy to do uh, for for most people. So, uh, uh, but I don't have too much time to play these other games and uh, and etc. But I love gaming. I love music, and I love to 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 be with my family. And I'm looking forward to. Be with my family in Brazil, so. Beautiful. I think we have time for, for two more questions, if that's okay. Is that all right? I am at your disposal. Awesome. I'm Thank here. You. Thank you. Um, all right. Acid Burn FX. Uh, we always like the questions from Acid Burn FX. Wants to know, Felipe, what is your favorite tournament destination and why? <laughs> that's a good question, man. Because uh, it reminds me of something really fun. I will tell you this story as answer of this question. So when, when I started playing poker uh, and I got that contract, remember from the best poker guys, yeah, yeah from Luis, from Henrik, from these people from Best Poker, they helped me a lot. So shout out to them once again. I don't have contact with them anymore. So if you ever listen to this once more, I like to say, I think I said this on many, many opportunities I had, but thank you very much again. I'm here because of you. You guys saw me, you guys helped me. So thank you very much. Uh, at that time, I remember that Henrik, he asked me like, uh, hey, now you're a poker pro. You have a contract and you don't work for the bank anymore. And you're going to play in all these terms. I need you to write a blog. I need to have a social media profile. And etc., which I didn't have, right? Only personal, right? So, and social media nowadays is, is crazy, right? Uh, thousands of, of uh, followers and hours viewed and stuff. So, the love of the community is amazing. Thank you also very much. And uh, so, I was writing my first one of my first vlogs, and and he told me like, uh, go to this page and put a profile there. Uh, and change your page, put a nice picture with our logo, this kind of stuff. Papai Shabai, amor. Papai Shabai, tá bom? And, uh, and, and uh, I wrote there that my ambition, right? What's your poker goal, right? I was like, I wrote, I wrote two things. I wrote like, uh, become one of the best poker players in the world. That's the first thing I wrote. Uh, 
Because if you want to jump in and you want to be a professional and you don't want to be one of the best, you're doing this wrong. Anything you jump, anything you do, you need to aim to be one of the best. That's how you push yourself. That's how you develop. And if you don't have that goal, you're never going to get there, right? It's never to... Oi, my baby. It's never... If she wants to fly. So it's never... It's never... Uh, uh, it's never bad to have this kind of ambition. You know, I understand that some of the ambition part uh, uh, we have in life, it's bad. I, I get that, right? But when it, when it comes to developing, it's never, it's never too much, right? right? People, may, people laughed at me. Right. Oh, this guy, he won a local tournament. Now he's going to go play. He's going to be eaten alive. And what he's doing, he doesn't play this uh, this well. I played with him many times and I busted him from the term. There was like this kind, there was this kind of a commentary I was getting, you know, hate. Yeah. In, the, in, in, the, in the forums. Right. And I never said I was the best poker player in the world to start with. I said I wanted to be. Right. But not that I was. And uh, I also put it down there, which is like uh, to travel and know all these nice places all over the planet. That was one of my uh, my goals, okay. right? Developing my career, I, I was happy and I was uh, lucky to win as uh, most inspiring player in the world. There was an award. I love it very much. Uh, voted by the poker community with all the other poker heroes uh, as well. So that means a lot to me because I look up to these other people that were on the list, such as Daniel Negrano, uh, which is an amazing guy, amazing ambassador uh, and poker player for the game. So I also uh, cashed in the most countries in one year. So played, I played 14 countries and I cashed in 13 of 14 countries I played. It was like ridiculous nice. And then came at one point in my career that I was very happy because I was aligned with my goals. My ah, ambition, cool. my ambition was totally aligned to the person I wanted to become. And that's the good ambition you want to have. So I was like, you know what? Have I became one of the best players in the world? Who knows? Right? I I I'm pretty happy about my results. And I know I came very far. And I that's enough for me. And uh, but what about the second part? Was uh -huh. to, is to travel right. and uh, get to know all these places. So I went on my Twitter, and I said, <laughs> "Hey guys, what are the best poker destinations a player cannot miss? Just please tell me. I'm, I don't care if it's a hundred dollar tournament, if it's a free roll or whatever. There's poker, and it's a nice spot. I want to travel to." You know, so uh, that's my lifestyle. This is, this is my life. So I, I have this approach. So I put I put down a list after of the places I want to be, and people laughed really hard because <laughs> because don't don't please don't be mad at me. People from this region don't mad at me. I love you all. But on my list, I had Atlantic City. Right. Okay. And people, and I, I had no clue, but I saw this Atlantic City poker tournaments on TV. I think it was WPT. Yeah. 
Yeah, I I I saw some beautiful pictures, beautiful houses, some kind of stuff. I said it sounds like a good spot to travel to. And people on my tweets, they were like laughing so hard because apparently it's not the best place in the world. You have some people who like it more than others. Yeah, but it's a place like as a poker fan, as uh, I I it was on my top five. Yeah, I have been everywhere, you know. So my top five on my top of my list were like uh, Australia, right. So I've been to Melbourne, had a uh-huh. hell, hell of a great time, amazing city, some other spots, and I want to clear all of them. Right. So, and I actually went to Atlantic City. Okay. Yeah. And uh, then I confirmed it's not really the best place uh, in the world. Okay. It's not, but it's a good good place. I, li- mm-hmm. I like the place, you know. Yeah. And I went there to play poker anyways. And uh, so normally we go to a couple places that there's not much to do, but playing poker, right? Yeah. You need to mm-hmm. you need to invest a lot of hours to collect the results, anyway. Sure. sure. So make a list. Uh, my my, I, w- I would say make a list of these places you 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 always wanted to to go. Playing the satellites, many of these places I've been. They were, I I earned a satellite package, so I travel for free. So especially if you are like a my baby. <laughs> so especially if you ha- if you are like a recreational player, that adds a lot to you. You know, yeah, absolutely. If you, if you make a travel, you travel with your girlfriend, travel with your wife, you travel with your friends. You make the most of the traveling, and you get to play poker. It's it's amazing, you know. The nuts, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, it's the nuts. So I I talked to my wife before just before the pandemics. I told her. We're going to visit every other poker place in the world that we've never been. We're going to go with our daughter. She was like, yes, she loved the idea. And we decided that we're going to tape it and we're going to make like a, a YouTube vlog. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. About it. So we were very excited. And then pandemics came, you know. But our daughter, she was planned. So we we took into consideration that traveling with her, right, and doing this. Because like uh, sometimes people were like, oh, you you want this award or whatever, most caches, like uh, in different countries. Right. I, I didn't plan any of that. Right. I just travel all over these places to play meaningful events for me. I mm-hmm. never play, I never went to some place just to play and cash. I never did that in my life. Right. If I wanted to do that, I could do that back home in South America. Yeah, of course. Travel. If I'm, uh, for instance, I live in Vienna. I live in Austria. I never played at poker tournament in Vienna. Huh. So I don't have a Viennese flag on my handlebar. <laughs> so if I wanted that, it would be easy to go to the nearest casino and play one tournament and win. Right. You know? And as you said, I played a bunch of poker before they were tracking me. Of course. Whatever. This is none of my results. So maybe... I could have more money added up to gather that list. I don't freaking care, you know. <laughs> and and uh, just just I'm just blessed to to play poker and to be able to travel. I love it. And now and now I do it with my little one, and she's a really really good baby to travel. She loves it too. I'll just inject one tiny little question of mine. Uh, you you are of course from Brazil. Natalie's from uh, Germany. Right. And, you know, you're in America right now. So she's trilingual, Luna. Do you speak in three languages? She is speaking everything and she has her own language, which I, <laughs> <laughs> I have no which clue. Which nobody understands. Yeah, exactly. So the, the rule is I speak Portuguese to her. 
my wife speaks German to her and she speaks English with the toys, uh -huh. with the TV uh -huh. or etc. And um, that's uh, how she will be learning all these languages. Oh, it's huge. And she, it's going to be a tremendous asset uh, in life. And of course, also every language, you know, at the poker table is also a big asset too. So, uh, you know, when she turns 18 and starts playing as well. Um, I agree. Last uh, question. I want to get it in from Crystals, who was kind enough to submit this question. Usually we don't go uh, deep into specific hands, but because it was just so recent, uh, we'll, we'll use this sure. question uh, from Crystals. Um, Felipe, you just won a major tournament at the at the Bellagio. What was the toughest hand or perhaps the toughest situation or toughest spot that you faced at that final table where you correctly making the right decision is kind of what sort of led you to victory. Okay. I, I, I actually know that answer. Uh, well, I was, I was determined. It uh, worked out for me. So I started, I started that event like doubling up and uh, collecting some uh, extra pots right, right off from the beginning. Uh, just different from other poker players. I like to be the first one to register. I like to be the first guy there and seeing, seeing fresh blood arrive at my table and say, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to take all your chips today. You know? I love it. And of course, when it's done, I like I buy the guy a beer or we have fun at the table. But like I, I'm a very competitive guy and I have that approach actually here uh, in my mind. So I got very lucky because... That was a stellar field, right? This 10 cases of Bellagio, they're right. no joke. They're no joke, right? So they you only face the best players in the world. Absolutely. So I was I was lucky to bust like two of the best players I know, Sean Winter. Uh is a friend of mine. I got lucky, cracked his aces when I flopped uh not flush draw with a straight draw. So we've pretty much flipped and I I, I won that hand. So, uh, so it was working out uh, uh, for me, uh, such as uh, Jeremy Osmos. I busted him. He rebought, drew the same table. I busted him first hand back. <laughs> so I met a very cool guy. I met him at the wing uh, after we were uh, talking about it. Um, uh, terrific. It was, it was a good interaction. And then uh, I had, uh, I wish I had something special to tell uh, the person that asked me this question. Well, like uh, I pretty much played along with the cards I was dealt with the situations I was winning in, until I hit the final table. When I, when I get to the final table, I pretty much had no decision, no decision. That's I was prepared. Good, good. Oh. Yeah, I was prepared from the situations for the situations I was facing. So I knew what to do. It worked out for me and I had no decisions. But when I hit the final table, there was one hell of a big hand, special hand, where uh, I played versus a very, very good player uh, from uh, Thailand, if I'm not mistaken. Very good player. It was the first time, first time I played against uh, uh, him. And he put me on a tough spot where I had uh, uh, aces in PLO, but I had I had I had a ace ace five six with uh, five six of clubs, uh, 
uh, with uh, only two clubs, right? So I don't have the ace of clubs. And uh, what happened is that uh, we played a big pot where the flop was a eight four, and I I was holding the aces, and he was the aggressor from the bottom, so he could easily have an eight. And he was a fearless player where he potted the flop. So I check called with aces on the flop. Of course, I have the gut shot as well, but uh, it's a paired board. Turn card uh, got me a, a, a backdoor flush draw for a, for a six high flush draw. So, for a, um, it's, so it's not very uh, important over there, especially right. in a paired board. So I checked and he blasted the turn uh, once again. So if I, my decision is like, if I call the turn there uh, with aces on, on that kind of board, what would I do if the river card is a blank? Right. Right. Or if I hit my straight, for instance. Right. That's, that's PLO. You never know. Yeah, exactly. What, what would I do? And uh, so I checked and he potted once more. Mm-hmm. So, of course, he would be value betting any eight uh, over that situation. It's not very difficult to put me on, on an overpair in that situation and try to buff, bluff me out of the pot as well. So there's a big meta game over there. And we are on the money bubble. So, and we are on the money bubble. So adds a lot of pressure right there. So I have a decision to make. I thought that by the way he was the way he was playing in the situation that we were in, he would try to take advantage of that situation and try to bluff me out. So I called the turn bet. In a river, I go, I hit my gut shot. Right. Okay. In river, I hit my gut shot and uh, with a seven. So, but it's so easy to have eight sevens and have a boat. You know, or make a force full on the flop. Yeah. You're playing. You're playing a lot of cards from the bottom right there. Your range is pretty wide, and uh, he could even have like a kings with an eight. You know, but more commonly jacks tens uh, with uh, a little rundown that he could easily have a full house as well. Anyways, I tried to take this hand to a showdown, so I check once more. And then comes the funny part, which is we have in this high roller events, we have the chess clock, right? The time bank cards. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which I'm a big fan of it. I I think more tournaments should have a chess clock uh, to make the game more dynamic. Uh, And so I check, he uses a couple time banks. I think he used two time banks before Jamie. So that was a little bit annoying. And then I, I got to this final table with 11 time bank cards, right? So I have used one time bank card only throughout the tournament. I, you get six time bank cards. When you hit the final table, the official final table, you get six more. So I had pretty much all of them. <laughs> and then, I, and then I, that was funny because I pick up all my, my card bank cards and I put right here on the table and I told the dealer, do not interrupt me. Take as many cards as you may, as you, wow. as you want. So I went deep in the tank. Ooh. 
trying to get a read from the guy because that's what live players do. Right. And uh, it's funny that uh, my wife said to me these days, like, uh, wow, you're beating the 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 games online. They're very tough. And then you go to the WSOP, soft games, then you lose. You, you, you're stupid. <laughs> that was very funny. It is actually true because if you're playing against the best guys, you're playing like the, the high-buying events against the best and you're beating them. And you go to a easier game, at least you expect to have a good ROI. And then I got blessed. I, I got like, smashed anyways okay so uh i had a decision to make so i used many 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 time banks and i ended up calling and i was good oh and wow that, and that was wow the, and that was the hand that that took me to the victory wow. and that was actually the only decision i had the the whole tournament that's crazy. So I want to give the shout out uh, to that Thai player. I just checked quickly on the hand and Bob. That's Punat Punsuri, uh, who, yes. put, who put you in a very, very difficult spot. But I got to yeah. say, just like uh, your result uh, was worthwhile, it was uh, pretty worthwhile to hear that story. It's a pretty cool one. I never I never heard of that, like putting all the time banks at once. And uh, yeah. I like that also, that you kind of took the dealer out of the equation. You gave yourself the maximum ability to evaluate the situation. And to a degree, that kind of speaks to everything that you've told us today and all of your stories is that you really do try to, to, to think things through, have a healthy attitude towards it and just go with what makes sense and what, what you enjoy. And uh, you know, that, that that's pretty cool. And I've, I've certainly uh, enjoyed speaking with you today, Felipe. Thank you everyone who sent in the questions to Felipe Ramos. I just want to give one more friendly reminder to everyone out there in the cards check community. We would love to see you submit your questions for our future podcast desk guests in the dedicated thread on the forums. Please be sure to give us a good review on iTunes. Spread the word via your social media channels if you like the show. Felipe, again, I've really enjoyed speaking with you. Before we let you go, uh, and uh, you know, I don't want to take you uh, away from Luna any longer. Is there anything else yes, you'd cool. like to uh, to share with uh, the Cards Chat community? Well, first, I'd like to thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, you're always very classy guy, very educated, very like a nice person. So appreciate what you do for poker. Appreciate uh, for having me in, show, in the show. Uh, thank you very much for all the Cards Chat uh, members, especially the ones that uh, took took the time, send, send us a question. Uh, appreciate that. If you guys want to follow along uh, what we do here, please find me over social media. My nick, um, sorry, my nickname is Mojave as a desert. So you'll find me in social media as Felipe Mojave, right? Uh, all over. Uh, we do speak mostly Portuguese over the streams because that's where the the uh, my biggest audience, right? Uh, my fellow countrymen and my fellow uh, people from Brazil. But we always trilingual, right? So we speak English over there at any time. Show up in the chat. Write in English, writing in Spanish, or writing in Portuguese, which are the languages I can uh, speak a little bit. And I'll be I'll be happy to connect, give you a poker tip, or or say hello if 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 you if you if you need a partner to grind with. Find us on uh, Twitch, and uh, please be part of our community. We're join We're launching some pretty uh, nice stuff uh, for the start of the year now. 
uh, with a tool we have for like a hand player, some training content as well. All of that, you can choose what you want because we put out a lot of content for free as well. So this is not uh, money related. And you know what happens when you come to our community and you spend something. We like to help other people out. So either if you need help, you can come to us. And if you want to support other people that need help, you come to us as well. So I appreciate that. And uh, thank you very much for the invitation. Thank you, Felipe. And, and you know, you, we'll just go back to the beginning. You know, you said that uh, you didn't deserve that introduction. I humbly beg to differ. Every single word I said, and I'm sure if everyone got to this point in the podcast, very, very well deserved. Uh, definitely one of the classiest, nicest, friendliest guys in poker. Thank you very much for joining us. And all of you, thank you very much for listening to another episode of the Cards Chat podcast. I'm Robbie Straczynski. You can follow me on Twitter at Card Player Life. I wish you all a wonderful day. Cards Chat, the friendliest poker podcast in town from the world's number one poker community.